Today's video is brought to you by The Ridge Wallet. Hey brother, a different shirt guys, a different shirt. And I got a haircut. Well guys, it is June, the weather is scorching, the watermelon is delicious, and I've spent the last few days kitty poolside watching my son Luke run lap after lap through the sprinkler. So what better time than now to talk about Frozen? Ben, I thought we were close. Heck, I even thought we were there that Anna and Elsa might finally be joining the ranks of the official Disney princesses. When Ralph Breaks the Internet came out and Vanellope visits the princesses dressing room in the Oh My Disney website area, there they were, just fitting in like they totally belonged. As if they were real to life, true blue members of the official Disney princess lineup. But no, do not be fooled internet, Anna and Elsa remain outside the official line. Now realistically, I'm not exactly holding my breath on this front and honestly adding them to the Disney princess line might be something of a downgrade for them. I mean, for one, neither of them are princesses anymore and both of them are actually queens or I guess Anna's a queen and Elsa is the human embodiment of the fifth elemental spirit. I don't, I don't know. Is she like a straight up goddess at this point? Maybe. She has my vote for whatever she is. But honestly, it wasn't their appearance in Ralph Breaks the Internet or even the super convincing April Fool's Day article about them getting an official coronation ceremony at Disney World that had me sold on this idea. The big thing was that as I watched Frozen 2, I couldn't help but notice that the movie happened to recreate big iconic moments from every single other Disney princess movie. It felt like I had latched onto a secret code or something like, hey, guess what? They're coming, they're princesses. Here's the rest of them. Do you see where we're going? Oh, <laughs> let's do this. Guys, before we dive on in, I want to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, The Ridge Wallet. Guys, today in true Frozen fashion, I am showing off what has to be my favorite of the Ridge Wallet collection, the Tropical. Ridge already makes fantastically sleek wallets that fit very comfortably into your back pocket or front pocket, if that's how you roll. But they also have a fantastic assortment of colors and styles, and I cannot get over this one. I mean, the textured surface of the Hawaiian print is just 100% dad approved. Plus these things can hold up to 12 cards and still have room for cash if for some reason you're still carrying cash. Plus they're so durable, they actually come with a lifetime warranty, meaning that this could be the final wallet you carry for the rest of your life. Seriously guys, the texture, I can't get over it. Plus they have over 30,000 five-star reviews and you can get 10% off your order today by heading to ridge.com SCB and using promo code SCB at checkout. Again, that is 10% off ridge.com SCB, promo code SCB at checkout. Link is in the description down below. Okay, so if you're feeling confused or unsure about what I mean when I say that Anna and Elsa are not official Disney princesses, let me bring you up to speed on their roller coaster of a ride. Despite what you may think, becoming an official Disney princess takes more than being a princess in a Disney movie. 
And while there are no official rules, there are some pretty heavily, strongly suggested guidelines that do apply to all of the other actual Disney princesses. First, you must meet all three of the following criteria that one, you must be human, two, you must be the lead female role in an animated movie, and three, your first appearance can't be in a sequel. Then, once you meet all three of those criteria, you must meet at least one of the following, that you are either born royal, marry royal, or perform a true act of heroism. That last one exists solely so that Mulan can join the circle, although other princesses also have performed significant acts of heroism. And then, on top of all of that, there is another somewhat unwritten rule that your movie must perform well at the box office. And this has been the bane of many a character's application into this most elite of clubs. Looking at you, Atlantis, although actually we have an entire video about our top five snub Disney princesses, if you want to check that out. To that end, though, how is Atlantis not more successful? I mean, it has some of the most quotable lines in all of Disney. When most of you want got in there? Oh, eh, grind powder, nitroglycerin, notepads, fuses, wigs, glue, and paper clips, big ones. That said though, if you're sitting at home doing the math, you might be wondering, uh, if those are the rules, how on earth are Anna and Elsa not Disney princesses? I mean, at least at the beginning of the movie, they are both born lead human princesses who made more money than I could ever count at the box office. But that actually is the reason they made too much money at the box office. See, so part, or maybe most of, the reason that the Disney princess brand exists is to help keep the princesses relevant throughout time. Because you see, relevance sells merchandise. Anna and Elsa do not have this problem. They are so successful that they do not need the assistance of additional branding to sell dolls or anything else like that. Plus, as we mentioned earlier, they is queens. Which brings us back to the subject of today's video, which is that somehow, despite not featuring any official Disney princesses, Frozen 2 has somehow managed to be the most Disney princess movie of them all, which it is managing to pull off by utilizing a different and really cool style of Easter egg. Rather than just placing an object or a reference to each movie somewhere in Frozen 2, they went through and seamlessly recreated iconic moments from every single other princess movie. Possibly without you even realizing it, although I bet you managed to catch a few. Or at least as is the case with a bunch of these, it leaves you with that feeling of, hey, that was that that seemed familiar. Let's start with the one that kicked everything off, Snow White. This was the one for me that tipped me off to this whole thing. Now, it may have been a while since you last watched Snow White, but let me tell you, the scene at the beginning where she is fleeing through the woods, uh, be scary. I mean, look at, look at this, look at this. This was a kid's movie. Although to be fair, it was the very first full length animated movie ever, so maybe the line between what is scary and too scary really hadn't quite been established yet. Nonetheless though, it also means all these cool little animated tricks they're doing here are appearing for the first time in theaters ever in Snow White. Like, how many times have you seen creepy eyes in the dark like this? Well, if you've seen Frozen 2, you've absolutely seen it again because this moment is totally recreated right here in the middle of Olaf's song, this will all make sense when I am older. Now, I'll forgive you if you didn't remember the scary eyes in Snow White, but the one from Cinderella, I think, is a lot more iconic. In fact, dare I say, possibly the most iconic moment from Cinderella when the fairy godmother is transformed 
transforming Cinderella's dress into an elegant ball gown. A moment which is recreated to great effect here when Elsa transforms her own dress right down to the swirling sparkles. Moving on to Sleeping Beauty, there are actually a couple of different things. First, the art director from Frozen 2 has just come out and said that the design for the enchanted forest itself was directly inspired by the woods in Sleeping Beauty. As was, I have to think, lighting it on fire. I mean, just look at these two scenes played next to each other. Elsa's fight with the fire spirit is extremely reminiscent of the dragon lighting up the woods in Sleeping Beauty. Next up is The Little Mermaid, and this one's a little less of a scene recreation and more of a very direct reference. When young Queen Aduna drops in on young King Agnar, you can see him reading a book with a very familiar cover. The Little Mermaid. This is a great double Easter egg because it not only serves as a reference to The Little Mermaid, but also to Hans Christian Andersen, who was the writer of the source material for both Mermaid and Frozen. Or should I say Hans Christoph Anna Sven? Huh? Which still stands to me as the most creative Easter egg to a fairy tale writer to date. The Beauty and the Beast scene is recreated by the villains of each movie, where Gaston and King Ragnar Runard? Runard. Gaston and King Runard are attacking an unarmed foe who is not fighting back. Aladdin was a pretty tricky one to find, but I think the scene is right here when Elsa is skating through the ice cave, which is a scene recreated from Aladdin's escape from the Cave of Wonders. And while Aladdin's escape might not seem quite as iconic as some of these other scenes, it actually does stand out for a few reasons in Disney's history. But mostly that this scene represents Disney's willingness to try and experiment with emerging technology of the day, specifically CGI. Which is notable because the use of CGI was a hallmark of Disney's willingness to try new innovative animation techniques, something that they had been refusing to do prior to that point. Pocahontas is another one you might have noticed right away, possibly even from the trailers, but it happens right here when Anna and Olaf are going down a waterfall in a canoe. Look familiar? I know, some of these are like so spot on, it's kind of amazing. Next up is Mulan, which again was pretty easy to spot just by asking yourself, what was the most iconic moment in this movie? And it's right here when the Huns are descending on Mulan's whittled down forces in the snow. This scene wasn't just epic to watch, but also required a lot of innovation on the part of the animators. In order to pull this scene off and have 200 individual Huns moving independently, the animators actually had to develop new software, which they fittingly titled Attila. Now, to be fair, Elsa is never facing down a giant army like this, but she is riding horseback through the middle of a giant oncoming wave of nature. Moving on, next up is the Princess Frog, which opens in almost the exact same way as Frozen 2, with two little girls being told a story and one of them getting like super excited about it. I like this one because not only are the two scenes so similar, but the scene in question from the Princess and the Frog is already dripping in other princesses references like, hey, that carriage looks awfully familiar. For Tangled, Frozen 2 continues the trend of recreating iconic moments. In this case, the moment where Rapunzel and Eugene are taking a boat ride through the Festival of Lanterns. Frozen does take a different approach though. Rather than filling the sky with warm, happy beacons of love and hope, they fill it with chilly runes that seem to indicate pending doom. <laughs> nice. 
Either way, the effect is quite cool. For Brave, it seems like they went with more of a landmark setting than a landmark moment, but the stones guarding the entrance to the Enchanted Forest where Elsa's fate is eventually determined are extremely reminiscent of the circle of stones in Brave where Merida's fate is ultimately determined. Which just leaves us with Moana, who, yes, is an official Disney princess. Sadly, she has thus far not been given a proper coronation ceremony at Disney World. What? What? But she is listed on the official Disney princess website, making her the most recent addition to the lineup. And spotting her reference was pretty easy as the Northuldra people describe the way they interact with nature almost exactly the same way in which Moana interacts with the ocean. And as such, you'd be hard pressed to watch them riding on top of the water like this with without being reminded of baby Moana playing with the ocean or really any moment Moana is talking to the ocean at all, but this one we thought was the most visually similar. And boom, there you go. Despite not actually starring any official Disney princesses, Frozen 2 still manages to acknowledge all of them in a really fun way by recreating some of their most iconic scenes. Also, I know it doesn't count, but I would also like to give an honorable mention to Frozen 2 for referencing Frozen 1, specifically Olaf reenacting the whole movie. Well, at least they have their parents. Their parents are dead. Guys, I had a blast hunting down all these little references from Frozen 2 and other princess movies, but I want to give a big shout out to our Discord server because I needed to enlist their help to help me track down the last few and they came through in spades. So well done, guys. If you're interested in having a little insight into how we make the videos or possibly even help make the videos like this one, you can check out our Discord server. It is at patreon.com slash supercarlinbrothers. But so guys, my question for you and everyone else is what do you think were all of these things truly intentional nods to other princess movies and are there any that I didn't mention that are even better fits let me know in the towel section down below guys thanks as always for watching today's video please remember to leave a like on it if you haven't already and ring that bell so you don't miss any future Disney princess action from us if you want to see our theory about the entire Disney princess verse you can check out this video right here but Ben until next time I will see you in the life brother